Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans, Podcast Paisani. We are back at it again for week 12 of the Curve America in Syria. I'm Chris Ross, and with my co-hosts this week, as always, are Marco Charla and Tad Burns. How are you guys doing? Doing well. You must you must be doing Hey, ciao, Marco. Let's get you in there. What's up, guys? All right. <laughs> Microphone works. Yeah, okay. Uh, you got to be doing great today, though, Chris. You got a, you got a new chair. Yes. That's the first thing chair. we absolutely have to talk about. Uh, I think we tweeted out a photo of this terrible beach chair that we were using. Well, we're going to use it. A, we're, we'll tweet it out again, but we had this red beach chair that um, one of the bartenders at uh, Four Courts, where we watched the Roma games, left in my trunk when we all went up to the beach. <laughs> I didn't and even that, know the backstory. Oh, that, oh, yeah. It was in my trunk for like a year. <laughs> so, Karen, if you want your chair, it's now broken, but it is a piece of podcast fame. Although it works for like it works for like five minutes and then somehow it collapses. Yeah. I don't yeah. think we can send that back. That's going into the podcast Hall of Fame up in Cooperstown or for, yeah. wherever it is. <laughs> it's yeah, whatever the Italian version of Montepulciano or something yeah. like that. Um but yeah, I mean for a while we would like sh- we would share it and then like it then just my back got hurt. So I always bogarted the the nice task chair. And then, I mean, like I, I own an office furniture company, so like I have hundreds of chairs in my shop. And then finally, I remember to bring one back. So. <laughs> took you to week nine to help took us out. Me to week, yeah, <laughs> all the way to week twelve before Chris to get a new chair. Yeah. Um. And for my great generosity, of the podcast, I get to be the new monkey to pull the, you know, the, the record and stop audacity lever. So yeah, I know I'm gonna like delete half this podcast. How are we doing right now? We, uh, I don't know. Well, I got it. Hey, man, don't don't hassle me. I got. I'm doing too many things at once. See, now you guys understand why I'm always running around checking things. Yeah, it's Chris, a tough Chris, job. Chris Ross is no longer the boss. It's Tad Diggler in the house. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, speaking of upgrades, we got a new chair. But uh, Tad, you also recently upgraded your footwear. You just bought something. What yeah, would- shout out to Guillermo from Roma Club who texted me that uh, the. Uh, Wine-colored Pirlo jumps in the in the indoor soccer, so it doesn't have the cleat, so I can wear them on the street. Um, came out, uh, and so I, I picked up a pair of those. It's gonna wow, be mad, mad well sick. done, mad sick. You, you know now you're, you're going to start growing out your hair too. Well, I mean, I might buy a vineyard. That's kind of what I'm going for, yeah, like right. Pirlo style. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to tell us if there's like what the cork feels like on the inside. Yeah, I'll let you know. Um, I'm glad that he doesn't own like like a green tea company or something like that, <laughs> or like uh, you know, like, or he's like he's like Peyton Manning has a Budweiser distributorship, yeah, so I right. get like you know urine colored, <laughs> or they're made out of Papa John's boxes. Yeah, so <laughs> there you go. There, you, well, or I'm sure both. Yeah, yeah I got the Pirlo Jones. Well done. Well done. Um, the other big news, we, we got to mention it on the pod, uh, living in DC election day tomorrow, the time of recording. It's Lord like, help us. Yeah. yeah. I, I, everything I've heard is just, people are so tired of this, but, uh, um, it's kind of like the Super Bowl here in town. Just like everyone's like watch parties and where are you watching the results? It's, I, I gotta think that's only in DC, but maybe well, we, not. We gotta at least be true Washingtonians and make sure, make sure everybody goes out there and vote tomorrow. You don't want to yes. screw this one up. Yep. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I would say who I'm voting for, but 
I think the reason why I'm not going to vote Trump is because of his hardline immigration stance. <laughs> and that way it would make it impossible for Francesco Totti to maybe play one season for DC United. <laughs> That's right. Be an impasse. That would be awesome. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that there's the political news of the day. But moving on. Go to more, vote, everybody. Yeah. By the time this comes out, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll already have hope a new you, president. I hope you voted already. Yeah. Fun story, though. I was living in Rome when the uh, Obama was elected the first time, and I was getting, like, free cab rides and stuff because the Italians were super pumped About that Obama, Obama became yeah. president. They thought he was going to fix Italy, too. Yeah. It's the only, like, time I ever got free anything in Italy. Yeah. Uh, on to some more, just some fun stuff. Uh, you guys have been watching the Mannequin Challenge at all? No. Not I, at all. I, you just told me about it recently. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to check out some videos. It looks cool. All right. We, we may try it at the end of this podcast. So, so keep an eye out for that, listeners. Uh, see if we can pull that off. Um, we also wanted it. We've been asking for the since we've been doing this for uh, feedback from listeners and stuff. And we did actually get some questions. So we wanted to address those. Uh, first one comes from uh, at Hang the DJ. Um, who? T- t- yeah, <laughs> the guy who uh, we appreciate all the tweets. Um, what asking whether the Curve America podcast uh, podcasters uh, have any problem with any Serie A teams other than OTFR being Roma fans? That one goes without saying, and probably Juve because they're just they're they're someone we always and, chase. And Napoli, I think he, any any standard Roman rivals so outside rivals. of those three teams. Yeah. So we'll go around the table. Any any opposition to uh, Serie A teams out there? You know, as a Serie A, you know, enthusiast, enthusiast, <laughs> I've always tried to get people to become Serie A fans, and it's really tough to get somebody to become a Serie A fan when they're watching Palermo or Empoli playing because it's just like guys, it's not all like I know, I know, I know the stereotype is that it's really slow and tactical, but it, it's not all like this. Yeah. So Palermo and Empoli, or just just bottom the bottom, bottom of the table. Yeah, the bottom. Well, of the right table. now I have you know, even though Empoli was nice this week, <laughs> I, I have a, I guess I have something against these teams. <laughs> yeah, I I'm with Marco. I don't really have any gripes because you know a, a good strong league is is good for everybody. But uh, I just kind of have a bit of a beef with Fiorentina because New Jersey's own Giuseppe Rossi got uh, loaned out to. Uh, uh, Celta, Vigo. Celta Vigo. Is he get, he get Celta Vigo? Yeah, he yeah. Celta Vigo. So, uh, um, you know, that's my only gripe with, with Laviola. Uh, hoping you bring them back, uh, bring back Giuseppe Rossi. I, I am going to stick with Fiorentina as well, um, basically because I think the team's super overrated and they always annoy me when they play Roma. Um, and also from my time living in Rome, um, all the people, the travelers that come through, I, I, was in, I was a tour guide and all the people that I would talk about. Not all the people, but the occasional person that would say that Florence is better than Rome. And I'm like, that's everyone I've spoken to. Yeah. And I, I lived in both come cities. On. Then uh, everyone has a preference. Everyone is yeah. Florence or Rome and mine wholeheartedly. Florence is a neighborhood in Rome. It's it's a small. I mean, I mean, it's it's a neighbor. It's a beautiful place, but like beautiful city. so much going on in Rome. It's crazy. And also, I just got to say, because it's bigger, there's the... I, f- I find the center of uh, Florence to have a lot of like really big tourist trap restaurants and whatnot. Yeah. So you have to be, you have to go a little bit further out of your way to have more of an authentic Fiorentina ex- or Florence experience. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with them. But like Marco said, you know, I, I, I try and support all of the Syria yeah. other than OTFR, yeah. Napoli, and Juventus. Yeah. Even though I just spent 175 dollars <coughs> on uh, pure luxuries. <laughs> Uh, yeah. 
So uh, that answers that. Uh, we really don't have a problem with anybody, but just, just a couple gripes. Another question we had was uh, we had Halloween last week, and we were talking about famous uh, or our, our favorite uh, costumes, things like that. Question from SoundCloud from Thomas. Um, how does Italy do Halloween? I think that's what he asked. From what I saw, I, I don't think they really do it except the American version of, you know, there's a bunch of Americans running around in costumes, so they follow suit, but I'm pretty sure they don't do trick-or-treating or anything like that. I mean, it's now it's just a national party holiday. I mean, even though they don't do trick-or-treating, I don't think you want to trick-or-treat around the streets of Rome anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, people just get dressed up and go to parties. Like, why not? Now's your chance to do it. Yeah. Also, I noticed that the Italians a lot of times are really into like the basic costume. Yeah. So like they're like a cowboy or, yeah. you know, a witch yeah. or a ghost, something like that. Um, but also there are like the older generation of Italians that just like refuse to they're you know, pretty conservative, refuse to, to, to you know, change with the times. So, you know, I'll be dressed up like a vampire or something like that on Halloween or, or you know, some sort of even edgier thing. Start throwing and, garlic at you. Huh? Well, yeah. Or like I'll, I'll, like somebody will see me, you know, so an older Italian will see me downtown and look and then like just like shake their head like, oh, it must be some weird weirdo kid that yeah. like it was this <laughs> new, like a goth new, kid or new fashion yeah. trend or something. Yeah. yeah. So that I mean, it's yeah. Marco hit it on the head. No trick or treating. Yeah, partying. I, the one thing I did read was interesting. Carnivale, getting dressed up for that versus Halloween. That that like. Yeah, in Venice, Car- Carnival different. is huge. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's there is some dressing up going on in Italy. Last thing we wanted to mention: Reggiana, America's new favorite team. We got uh, learning a lot about Liga Pro. Uh, Tad, why don't you just take this one? Uh... So <laughs> I got a little confused here. Um, you know, Liga Pro. They said they were playing a Copa Italia match, so I just assumed it was like the Copa Italia. Yeah, makes sense. But like each division has their own Copa Italia, and so they they beat Modena this past you know this on the first to advance. And I was like looking forward to the game. I'm like, oh man, they might get a Serie A draw. And I got like a little bit overexcited and I like tweeted at Reggiana and like tweeted at Mike Piazza. I was like, hey man, congratulations on the win. Like you might get a Serie A team and silence from both of them. <laughs> but I think they like through the Twitter, like kind of patted my head for like, yeah. you don't know. You're learning. Yes, yes. You have a you have a soccer podcast. Well, just for clarification, Serie A, Lega Pro teams do play in the, in, like they all play in the big Copa overall Italia. Copa Italia, which is like the FA Cup where you see like beer league teams, if they're lucky enough, can go all the way through. And so, you know, like that that is also they're they're also part of Coppa Italia. They got knocked out, but there is a Coppa Italia Lega Pro. Now you know. Now we know, we all know. Yep. And so I've looked foolish now uh, on the World Wide Web's. We're learning, man. I mean, there's so many cups out there that like, all right, you know, we we mixed up Coppa Italia with the Serie C uh, Coppa Italia. So anyway, we saw that. Um, we're learning. All right, so social media, we want to remind everybody that uh, we're out there on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please keep us, uh, you know, up with the questions. Uh, we, we do want to keep that up. So We keep did just coming. answer some. That's right. So ask more. That's right. It's the most fun I've ever had on this podcast. There you go. I can put up with Marco's stench as long as we're answering questions. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into week 12 and what a week it was. This week, the Serie A saw 31 goals scored against 10 games with five blowouts including a 4-0 win by powerhouse Empoli in the game of the week. Napoli stumbled to sixth place after drawing OTFR in the other game of the week. 
Juve, Roma, Milan, and Atalanta all take three points. Atalanta is the fifth ahead of Napoli. And the entire Curve America podcast saying, Really? Really? Davvero? <laughs> and finally, a manager- managerless Inter managed to knock in three goals after the 83rd minute to shame and give heartache to the Crouton nation of Crotone. Yeah, I hope nobody... Slash- just Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Chris and, and the, a cardboard cutout of, of, of uh, what, what's, who's, your, who's your boy? Pythagoras. Pythagoras or, or Paladino yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope you didn't go to the bathroom at the end of that game because <laughs> yeah. like. A lot can happen in yeah. uh, six minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. All right. So we're going to jump into week 12. But first off, Marco, you're going to update us with champions and Europa results from the midweek. Yeah, a little bit of a disappointment from the two teams in Champions League. Uh, Juve tied Lyon at Juventus Stadium, uh, and Besiktas tied uh, Napoli. It was at Besiktas in, in Turkey. So, you know, here's two teams that, uh, you know, up until two rounds ago, or I'm sorry, two games ago, we were saying they have this thing done and dusted. Uh, now they're making it interesting. Uh, as for Europa League, Vienna and Roma Roma kind of uh, redeemed themselves a little bit after the the tie in Rome. They scored three goals again, but this time won uh, three to one at Vienna. Woohoo! Uh, Fiorentina won as well, three zero, three to nothing against Liberich. Uh, Rapid Vienna and Sassuolo uh, played to a draw, two to two, and Southampton uh, should have probably beat Inter at home at at Inter, but they ended up beating them two one. Um, that game was was a fun fun one to watch. Uh, ultimately, Southampton deserved to get the win. So that's pretty much the wrap up in Europe. Uh, Italian teams still looking pretty good, except for pretty much Inter, Inter. and maybe Sassuolo. But uh, you know we're moving forward here. Yeah, Sassuolo's at the bottom of their group, uh, but that's a tightly contested group. There's still there's still light at the end of the tunnel if they can stay healthy. All right, so let's jump into week 12, guys. We're going to kind of do a hybrid from what we learned last week uh, and, and what we've been doing in the past. We're going to just jump into Juve and Kievo, which is the top of the table, and do the top three teams straight away here. So first up, Kievo versus Juventus. 2-1 Juve. Juve finds a way to win, typically within the last 20 minutes. Marco's got this game. Yeah, you know, it's. do we ever get tired of saying, you know, Juventus scores and wins by one goal? I mean, last season they won 12 games by one goal. This season they've already won five games by one goal, and it's only 12 games in. I mean, this is what Juve does. They find the way to win, and it's, you know, in a game that's well contested and tied, it's always in the last 20 minutes. Let me give you a typical day. Um, nowadays of watching, you know, the, the Juve score uh, when they play somebody who's not a big squad. So it's usually not on live television, unfortunately. Uh, and so what you're doing is you're following the game between your group of friends uh, on text message and, you know, your, your, your app. I use Forza. I think this is a good app. So you're looking at it and you're like, wow, there is 60 minutes to go and it is 1-1. And you're texting your friends, guys, check it out. Everybody starts looking, everybody starts yeah. commenting, everybody starts following the game, the play-by-play. Uh, then it's the 70th minute, 75th minute, and then you start to go, uh, I don't know, this is like something smells fishy, you know? And there it Rome is. Rome has already won. You're like, ooh. Yeah, and there it is. 
Juve scores a goal in the last 15 minutes and just gets it done. Uh, this was another game that 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 pattern continued. Uh, and so Buffon, big game for him, 600th game in Serie A. Uh, you know, hats off to him. I know that we may be saying that you know, as Roma fans, that we kind of hate on Juve sometimes, but Buffon is just classic. Yeah, right? national team goalie, most iconic goalie of my lifetime. In 600 games. In 600 what games. A, I mean, man, very impressed by that. And then, you know, you have Buffon playing all these games and showing all this longevity. Meanwhile, you got Dybala playing basketball instead of receiving treatment on the, you know, <laughs> on the side. Story. And Allegri's furious about it. But then again, you play Mandzukic, he scores, you go up one nothing. he had a good game. I mean, how many stars do you need, guys? Honestly, <laughs> should we, do they need, is he playing with LeBron? Do they need to switch out? Yeah, I'm about, I'd sign him up for a three-on-three basketball tournament tomorrow, man, if yeah. it's my choice. So Cable finds a way to tie the game 1-1, uh, and it was off a PK. Uh, Licksteiner tripped uh, Pelissier in the box, and he got the PK. He was real pumped. By the way, did you guys see the the Cable jerseys? They looked a whole lot like Elas's away yeah, jer- yeah. home jerseys exactly. last week. Kind of crazy. A uh, little dig at the Crosstown rival Yeah, there. it must be. Uh, <laughs> the stadium was electric. Honestly, I really thought that Cable, based on the season that they've been having, they were going to get this tie, and we were going to celebrate with them. We've been talking about how we love Kievo, uh, but then here we go again. And who gets it? Well, the guy who uh, our friend Aaron West, who writes for Fox Sports, in his recent article was talking about how Pjanic really needs to step up if Juve wants to go forward in the, in the Champions League. Well, I think that Pjanic, even though he's got small little ears like a dolphin. He, uh, <laughs> oh, he, don't say that with Chris around here. Yeah, he must have he heard something, but he he scored a classic Pjanic free kick, and we all know how good Pjanic is as free kicks. Yeah, he's probably the best free kicker in all of the Serie A. Absolutely beautiful strike, a nominee for the goal of the week, but not all roses for um, for Juventus because Barzagli goes down in the fifth minute with a shoulder injury. Looks like he's in tons of pain. He was carted off on a stretcher um, and apparently has already been replaced um, in, in the national team for this week's coming international break. Um, and Bonucci comes on for him. And Bonucci, though, good news for Juventus, was able to spell some rumors that he wanted to go to Manchester City by saying, quote, Juve shirt is sewn to my body. Um, is that under or over the national team jersey? But it apparently, you know, Juve rolling, they keep him, they lose Balzaghi, um, and Juve's Rolling on, they've won 34 of the last 38. Yep. And to Kiebel, uh going along with uh, a decent season, uh, unfortunate loss at the end there. I mean, honestly, Juve could have scored more goals, but they're right smack in the middle of the table, 12 points pretty much. Uh, I think they'll they'll be okay this season. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we you know, thought they were going to be higher up at this point, but uh, it is what it is. All right, so let's jump up to uh, the next team. Uh, we got a second place, and it's a familiar one. We got Roma playing Bologna, and we all watched. Uh, we watched this game, and uh, it's the Mohamed Salah show. That was a pretty impressive uh, result for uh, the Egyptian. Yeah, Chris pulled his normal sprawl out like a cat, best seat in the house, lying in the sun. Almost had to go get him a saucer of milk. Um, at one point, <laughs> I do watch comfortably. I enjoy the game. You you, you definitely come in and, and 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 look like the most comfortable man ever. Um, I'm surprised you were wearing a shirt half the time. But um, I don't drink milk often, but when I do, I prefer Lucerin. 
<laughs> lactose free. Hey, they haven't paid for yeah, us. Pa- no, paid for a sponsor. That's no free ads. No freebies. <laughs> um, yeah, the Roma game. Um, the Roma game was a total domination by Roma. Um, it was really good to see them bounce back and get a 3-0 victory. Uh, Mohamed Salah, you know, notching um, his first hat trick in a Roma shirt. Only the fourth Egyptian player in the history of the Serie A to actually have a hat trick. Um, I guess if we're considering El Shaw Egyptian or not, I haven't looked deeper in that statistic. Yeah. Um, but the whole game, Roma showed you know just much superior form. I think for me, probably the the best thing to see was uh, Perotti's return to form. He's kind of been lying in the weeds. I think maybe he's regretting getting that kiss tattoo covered up on his neck. Can we talk about this? I honestly think, like in watching social media things, I think he hates his own tattoo because everything is profiled from the other side whenever he's like, oh, yeah. No, it's not a kiss. It's it's a soccer ball and a cleat. No, but he had the kiss. That's why he got that because it was like his ex-girlfriend's kiss, which is also just a horrible trend in Italian soccer, all the neck kiss tattoos. No, but he got it covered up. It's it's heinous, and um, he's been playing like he's like, you know, like, do I have something on my face? Yeah. You know, he's coming in my teeth, scared to open my mouth. Um, He's been playing like that, but this game, he absolutely just owned craft yeah and the right back position just with the first goal of the game he blew by him like he wasn't even there he was creating tons of chances um if not for muhammad salah getting a hat trick he would be my man of the match but for roma they have to really be happy that uh you know how well he played and derossi again after coming off a very very strong october came and just ruled um in the midfield this game and then once uh Roma went to a back three after uh, uh second half substitutions he played a very nice um center uh center back position him and Paredes worked really well going to uh, uh you know moving the ball forward um but an excellent showing for Roma um Bologna came out rocking that highlighter jaunt jersey watch looking like Italian referees yeah I thought Orsato was out there playing for him or something <laughs> like that um but yeah, uh, a, a total domination by Roma. I think uh, they can ride this high into their national break, and they have a huge test coming out of the international break playing Atalanta for the yeah. next game. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little sad that Jekyll didn't get a goal today because he got uh, leapfrogged for the Capocannoneri this this week. But he had eight shots. I mean, he had a good game. Um, he was the, he was excellent. Yeah, on the other side, uh, Sadiq. Getting the start for Bologna. That's right, man. You have to talk about they, that. Look, they tried. They tried to do it. They tried to put in the 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 youngster from Roma. They they were trying to go off the Iago Falke and uh, Adam Yaich model, but finally, they he, don't come to bite. He us. had one taken away though take for, for for an offside, yeah. like in like the second minute. Yeah. And uh, Hassan with the Roma club, man, he was he about lost his mind. It was a good thing before uh, 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 his lady friend showed up. Because uh, he was he was beside himself. That's right. I'm blowing up your spot, Hassan. Um, yeah, Sadiq almost had it, and they brought on Destro. Oh man, I was on pins and needles until we 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 pulled that third one. Yep. Good stuff. All right. So jumping else uh, to the next one, we've got a surprise team. We've got Milan now, and uh, they play Palermo. And uh, what'd you guys think of that game? Well. I don't know if, yeah, I guess you could say Milan's a surprise team these days. But, you know, who really surprised me is is this guy, Suzo. I mean, he had an incredible game. He basically ran the game. He had six shots. And if you go ahead and watch the highlights, everybody, go and check this guy out. Left-footed. Every single shot he took was like a freaking rocket. 
And, you know, Donnarumma was coming in top of Europe in clean sheets. And this youngster, man, I mean, there's just a lot of hype around Milan right now. And, you know, the fact that Suso comes out of this game as, you know, the standout player instead of Baca or Niang or, or someone like that, it just goes to show that they actually also have a, a fair amount of depth. And I was very impressed by Milan. The game was actually pretty even. Palermo fought very hard um but maybe it was just the freshness of those of those white kits from me i don't know if you guys saw them i'm about to honestly yeah, with, with the with the gold numbers i'm about to honestly get that training top and and do something with it maybe not wear it in public but <laughs> yeah i was gonna say otherwise i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna point and laugh at you <laughs> but i mean it was it was super fresh and what do you expect you know milan the uh the fashion capital of the world so it was it was also really nice to see Romagnoli have have another good game. Um, I think that uh, he's definitely going to have to be the guy that's going to have to answer those uh, uh, a lot of those Milan defensive questions. And so he's consistently growing into the you know thirty nine billion dollar right. tr- transfer that he was. So Posevich, um, he's had a couple real big bloopers this season, um, but and and he he get he gives the first goal away. He comes out. Looks like he doesn't know what he's doing, and Suzo just cleans it up. Uh, but then, uh, you know, he makes a couple really good saves to keep this team in the game. Uh, and then when Palermo is able to, to to tie the game up, it's Lapedula who comes in, who scored uh, 27 goals for Pescara last season. He comes in and gets his first, but he really looked dangerous. And this is a guy I look for. And again, he's coming off the bench. He's the number nine for Milan right now. Guys, I think that Milan is is building their depth. People are getting more and more confidence and uh, really exciting to see a Milan team, you know, kind of keeping pace with Roma as much as we want Roma to move forward. We also like depth in the league. So, you know, onward with Milan and, uh, you know, Palermo, unfortunate result, but that's where you're going to be towards the end of the season, in my opinion. Yeah, their biggest streak is Deserbi still. We're just reporting every week he hasn't gotten fired. So the yeah, trend man. continues. He's still there. Yep. But uh, I don't know. I'm not sold on Milan still. I, I looked ahead. They got their big derby with Inter after the international break, which yeah, you know shouldn't be a test other than the history. I don't know. I, I just don't think uh, they're going to last. But we'll see. All right, so that'll do it for the top of the table. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then talk about the middle of the pack. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, sumnerfurniture.com, or their eBay store, Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. Uh, before we get into the middle of the table, we've got another game of the week. We had two this week, and that, that is Napoli and OTFR, the other team from Rome. Who? This one ends in a 1-1 draw. So guys, Napoli and OTFR coming into this game... Uh, Past two weeks, Napoli has uh, reeling from the Juventus loss. Uh, they lost last week 2-1, and then OTFR uh, coming off a 2-1 win. Uh, we saw uh, James Horncastle tweeting out uh, OTFR on their way down to Napoli. He's got a 1,000-fan send-off. Uh, Tad saw that. 
Yeah, well, it's free to go into Termini, so OTFR fans are going to go. And I imagine that there's not too many season ticket holders, considering that they only sold 11 of those t- 11 of those at the record before the season. We got 1,000 fans to, to, to bid farewell to the Team Voldemort. Yeah, and uh, honestly, uh, the first half, it started off pretty sharp. The first minute, you have two back-to-back uh, uh, opportunities. Insigne uh, uh, gets one off, um, and then Immobile comes back down uh, right away, and, and that's all in the first minute. And you're thinking, all right, this is going to be a good game. Bit of a snoozer after that. The action happens in the second half. Uh, with the 52nd minute, you got Hamsick. And then right after that, Keita on the 54th comes back, and there's your 1-1 draw. You know what I would love? I would love for uh, to hear you know someone like Insigne and, uh, and Immobile just talking a little bit of trash to each other. You know, they're both mm-hmm. from Napoli. They're both uh, Napoletani. And, I mean, if you hear Napoletani going at it, you, you know, you, you, they're Italian, but you don't understand a word they're saying. <laughs> no, and they're just, but they, it just sounds like, all right, let them, let them do what they need to do. They know each other, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, the big story, I'd say, for, for OTFR here, Immobile, I mean, he had his chances in this game, no doubt about it, but didn't get it in. Keita ends up scoring for, for OTFR. So Yeah, Keita creates his own chance. It's definitely a nice goal. Um, but, I mean, I think he's got to take second field of the goal in this game. Hamsik's goal was really nice. Yeah, uh, ends up uh, basically five-holing the defender, and it goes into the corner for, for Hamsik's goal. You know, again, that, that's your result. Uh, like we, like we're saying, uh, you know, not much, not other opportunities here. Well, this, this is an interesting result for this game because it is a one-to-one draw. But this helps OTFR and hurts Napoli because Napoli now drops the six in the table yeah. and um, has just shown that they um, have been uh, at least not gotten the result that they wanted against a team that just jumped them last week. So it makes me beg the question, guys, is OTFR after this result, you think they're on the same level as Napoli now? No, I mean, the reason why you say it's a big result for OTFR and not a big result for Napoli is because of uh, expectations, and all, it's all kind of in perspective. I don't think that uh, OTFR before the season was even thinking that they were going to end up, you know, top three or whatever. I think they were they were aiming for Europe, you know, and, and Napoli is aiming for the title. I know it's, yeah. I know, even after losing Iguain. So, you know, OTFR, I'm not I'm not convinced that they're still at the same level because they, you know, again, at some point, you know, knock on wood, hopefully it doesn't happen, but Immobile might get injured. Uh, and then who do you rely on? I know Keita scored this game. He's very young. Uh, so, you know, there's still some questions there. And Milik, you know, I don't know if he's – I don't think he's going to be back, obviously, by the end of the season. And hopefully he survives uh, while he's living in Naples, right? Yeah, I, I saw an interesting article that's coming out in um, Cerco Mercato, I think. Calcio Mercato. There we go. Yeah, there there go. we go. Nailed it. <laughs> you know, I think Calcio. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Anyways, um, yeah, Milik said that he rarely goes into Naples. And when he got – I mean, this is this is a story that like almost any single straniero will hear in Naples is like, oh, man, or, you know, Napoli is dangerous. Like, you got to watch your back. Don't wear nice jewelry, anything like that. And so now he says he rarely goes into Naples because said at one point he was followed by two scooters for like you know a certain amount of distance. And he said they're asking for his autograph. 
Um, but he thought that they maybe wanted more. That they're just going to straight up jack Millick right, out of I his have, car. I have a funny story about uh, Naples. We were at the beach uh, when we were younger. I was I don't know how old I was, uh, but we were playing in the water with with our cousin, my my brother, and these three kids like kind of like like were under this raft and they pulled me in and messed with me and I was like what the heck you know I was like what the hell is going on so I got out of the water and me and my cousin my brother all like probably like 10 to 12 years old all right and my cousin's very tall he's he's two years older than me and this little kid comes out and I swear to god he must have been like seven you know just just tiny and squares me up because we like push the the raft he squares me up and slaps me in the face. And I don't know what to do because I was like so much taller than this kid and clearly older. And then he cranks me in the face and I all of a sudden like snap into it. Like my parents break it up. This little Napoleon kid who was like basically a foot and a half Na- short Napo- of me. Napoleon just, or Napoletano? Na- Napoletano. What, what, what God. <laughs> well, hey, it makes sense, right? He was a tiny little guy and he had a little Napoleon complex and he just cranked me in the face. Guys, I don't think these guys are scared of anyone. You know what? Interesting. I have a follow-up to that. That guy actually grew up and tried to rob Milik <laughs> on his way. Fall- followed him on a scooter. All conjecture. Chris is like, I have a follow-up. That no, I don't have any. Yeah, no, I, I have no Napoli stories like that. Uh, no Napoli kids tried to beat me up. But to bring him back from Milik and not to totally disparage the people of Naples, he yeah. says that he he is almost never pays for his meal in a restaurant because people pick it up. That's the story you want to hear. Mamma mia! I I gotta say I'm shocked looking at the results here. Lazio jumping Napoli. Just who? We uh, quarter in the swear jar. Team o- Voldemort. OTFR. Uh, you know, jumping the table and. You know, in the in the top four is, is crazy to me because Napoli has always, since the beginning in the summer, we've been talking about them being a top three team. 28 games to go. Yeah, oh, yeah. Plenty of time, but just crazy to look at for, for week 12. So, uh, all right, there's OTFR, and we're going to jump up next to Atalanta, who is the shocker and in fifth place. They played Sassuolo, who we thought was going to be the darlings of uh, Serie A this year, but turns out Atalanta's taken that title. Atalanta won this game 3 nothing. Yeah, quite literally, we are looking at uh, you know these two teams going head to head from last year's darling to this year's darling, and the thing being is that uh, you know Sassuolo is exciting because they have a lot of young Italian stars, and Atalanta has a lot of young Italian stars. But sa- briefly with Sassuolo, I mean, Di Francesco gets sent off in this game. A lot of frustration showing. They've been outscored nine to three since beating Crotone. They have no wins in their last six matches across all competitions. Um, you know they're they're banged up. Duncan is hurt. Uh, Magnanelli, the uh, captain. You know, go ahead and spell check me on that one. Magnanelli. Cucchiaio. <laughs> um, um, sorry, Missi, Roli, and Berardi are all hurt. You know the uh, uh, the Sassuolo director um, Carnevali says that Berardi is going to be back soon. Um, they thought he was only going to be out for like two weeks. He's been out seventy days. Think maybe after the international break, but Sassuolo is in free fall. Um, Atalanta, on the other hand, you know they are playing with about a half dozen young Italian players that are great. Um, they have since their atrocious losses to Palermo and Calgary, um, they've scored 19 points in their last seven games, and that's even more than Juventus in this span. And their young stars shine again. Uh, Caldara had a great goal. Conti scored. Gariadini uh, had another great game. My question is, I mean, is Atalanta 
are we seeing this renaissance of young Italian players? Because in the past, you know, people were knocking the Serie off for it to be in kind of an aging league. But now, I mean, if you look at teams like Atalanta and again, still Sassuolo and a few other teams, they have young, great Italian stars. Is Atalanta, you know, kind of leading this this forefront of great Italian teams coming back? Yeah, there's a lot of teams right now in Serie A that are, are pretty young. But I would I would have to say something, uh, you know, just in, with respect to how the national team's shaping out too. I mean, if you look at the national team as well, tons of young players in there. I mean, you know, Insigne is still very young, and he's he's on the national. You know, obviously he's leading the national team. Balotelli's not on there right now, but you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's obviously back. young uh immobile is young uh and then you know players coming out like locatelli romagnoli all these players i mean uh you got rugani who who is like the backup at at juventus right now i mean so many young players that are you know building up in the Serie A that in a few years I'm I'm just looking forward to the national team in two world cups because i think they're going to be very well polished and i think the league itself is going to benefit from this me personally i think that this has been a really exciting season and i think that the youth particularly the italian youth we're not even talking about frank kessie who's 19 or defrel who's 19 or players like that just the young italians and we've seen a lot of high scoring and a lot of greater athleticism that we haven't seen in the Serie A, I would say, um, in the last five years. So I'm excited for this team. Atalanta, um, you know, they keep on winning. And Gasparini, who got, you know, canned by Inter Milan after five games, has been stuck with, Atalanta stuck with him. And I think that they're going to be an interesting team to to, to watch as the season progresses. How about with uh, Sassuolo, the former darlings? Because we've talked about in the past, you know, they've got a bunch of young Italians too. Uh, what do you guys think with them in this game? Well, honestly, the game was was decently even. The possession and the shots were all uh, pretty much even in terms of statistics. Uh, you know, they had their chances, but Atalanta is the team in form right now. Sassuolo still needs Berardi back. And uh, until that happens, I don't think that Sassuolo is going to have that spark, uh, even though De Frel is an exciting player. You got Politano, who is very exciting as well. Um, but like we said, uh, they need Berardi. They need their, their, their star to come back because I think Sassuolo's star is fading a little bit. So. I, it's amazing to me that Empoli is they're only three points behind Sassuolo. That's crazy. Um, all right, so up next we got Torino and Cagliari. Torino dominated this game. As we put on Instagram, sometimes you just got to ride the bull. Uh, 5-1, Torino takes this game over Cagliari. Yeah, what you basically had is Torino coming in, and it's basically just their turn to hang a big number on Cagliari. Every goal in this game could be considered a goal of the week. Bellotti's first goal was amazing. Um, Bellotti actually scored a PK in this game, so hey, hey. Maybe he's coming back around on the PK after missing about 5,000 of them in a row. Um, and, you know, Jajic had a great knuckleball. Um, but yeah, they they absolutely dominated Cagliari in this game. Um, 5-1 victory. Hope it means that Torino's returning back to form um, and is going to surge towards the top because this is a team that I think everyone's been really excited with, with Jajic and, and, uh, uh, and Falke also playing really well. And again, young Italians, Benassi um, and... Yeah. Uh, Bellotti. Bellotti and uh, Baselli, the, the, the triple Bs with the with the double with the double consonants. Um, 
Yeah, they're just they're they they absolutely crush Calgary. That's all you can say about this game. It's unfortunate though that Cagliari, you know, starting off the season, they were exciting. They were just newly promoted. Marco Sao and uh Borriello were were kind of doing work. I mean, Borriello was scoring goals at the beginning of the season. But we even said, I mean, we knew Borriello for when he played for for Roma and half the other teams in Serie A. Like he he is a good striker, but he's not gonna be carrying your team for the rest of the season. Um Couple interesting Instagram posts out yeah. there this Torino week. Torino killed it in this game. They also killed it on social media here. First one, uh, we got Torino. President Cairo. Torino has this enormous bull, like it's like Bull Durham in the in a movie reference. Um, he's riding it. And it just looks like a pinata, though. <laughs> the the bull, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's on there. We put we reposted it. Uh, pretty funny. But Tad Tad looked up a little bit uh, about President Cairo. So so who is this guy, Tad? I mean, he's a super rich guy. He's I think he's got about five hundred million bucks, um, which would actually make him a minority owner in a in an American league. But yeah, he's he owns communication company. He used to play professionally a little bit, and he either has an amazing sense of humor and doesn't mind hopping up on a bull. And, um, and, and, you know, kind of putting himself on display in front of a bunch of people. Or maybe since Pirlo's been out of town, um, he's dipped into, he's been raiding Pirlo's vineyard and uh, maybe had a couple of bowls of the loudmouth soup. Um, <laughs> and, you know, thought it was a mechanical bowl. But, yeah, Cairo, just, just continuing a great tradition of front office and coaches in Italy being enigmatic yeah. and spontaneous. I like it. It's just good for the league and it's fun to watch. Did uh, anybody see that Instagram pic this week uh, talking about how Iago Falke and Jaic on Roma just basically it's a picture of two drunks going drunk down hobos. Street. Basically me and Tad on a Sunday night <laughs> or on a Saturday night. And uh, and then like right below it is like Iago Falke and, and Adam Jaic at Torino, and it's just a picture of Messi and Suarez. Not Messi and Neymar. Neymar. Like, yeah, I laughed so, out loud when I saw that. So, so true. true. So true. So true. Last post was uh, Joey Bag of Donuts making an appearance. Uh, Joe Hart. Uh, it's just weird. It's it's like the Torino crest, and then he's underneath it and slowly comes up and just says his like token line. He's just, come on. And that's it. And it just, just a creepy, like... Happy Halloween, Joe Hart, because uh, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a weird Torino hype video, probably produced by President Cairo. <laughs> All right, staying with the middle of the pack, we got Fiorentina and Sampdoria. This one was a 1-1 draw. Muriel scores again for Sampdoria on this one. Guys, what do you think of this one? I mean, Muriel, he he seems to be the only guy who's, who scores for Sampdoria. At the beginning of the season, we were like, ah, Quagliarella and Muriel, like power... F- Power strike force, but Quagliarella did Quags. He missed a bicycle kick off a of volley. That's Great pretty shot. Sick. Yeah, pretty not too wide, but wide enough that it wasn't close. But uh, pretty impressive. But guys, you got Benadeski scoring again, and uh, we keep talking about you know the young talents. Benadeski's super young, and he's uh, the, the heart of that Fiorentina team right now. If he's playing well, seems like Fiorentina's playing well. Uh, when you know you expect Kalinic to be at the, you know scoring goals anytime that they get a result, but yeah, here he and is. Bernadeschi is going to have to shoulder the load because Kalinic went down with an injury in this game, and he's already off the the national team yeah. for uh, the break. So it's, it's the right time for Bernadeschi to start hitting form. His was uh, a toe poke in the 36th minute, but I thought uh, in the 57th, Muriel's beautiful header for him, a curler into the box uh, on the highlights. Uh, Babyface killer, man. Yeah, this Colombian babyface killer, absolutely. 
But uh, the other thing I took from for this game, uh, both teams went at it. Like, it wasn't a snoozer by any means. Like, the second half was back-to-back action. You had a couple crossbars in it, uh, which is good to see. Uh, I, I've mentioned in the past, I think Souza's always on the hot seat. Yeah, I think he's coaching for his job every week. Yep. And, and uh, I thought, you know, he did all right, uh, th- at least the team. I, if I were a fan, I would have been proud of Fiorentina with this effort. He's not going to see any reprieve, too, with Fiorentina sitting at eighth with 17 points and, you know, four points away from Europe at this point. So they're going to have to they're gonna have to come with it every week, every yeah. single week. The crazy thing for middle of the pack, uh, Sampdoria now, they're 14th and they got 15 points. So only two points. You win one game in week 13. You're, you know, you're, you're really up to the top. Of, yeah, uh, just ask Inter about that. Doesn't yeah, exactly. it seem like Sampdoria is always coming back from, uh, you know, like a goal down or something? I don't know. It seems to be like one of their one of their strengths. At least they have that little mental fortitude. Uh, who knows if that'll save them towards the end of the season? Well, if that doesn't save them, uh, we also put in here, uh, apparently Pope Francis uh, got him brought in. And uh, he tells Sampdoria, quote, be a team in football and life. And uh, immediately jumped and, and started talking to all the Argentinians. So I guess it, the other advice is being Argentinian for life as well. Uh, couldn't find the reason why he met with Sampdoria. Kind of random. But uh, but we love Pope Francis. But Pope Francis, right? You know, why knowing, not? No, knowing, knowing Pope Francis, he probably just was like, what's up, guys? Probably yeah. just like rolled into their locker room like, hey, the Pope's here. Yeah. Like he yeah. just does that in Rome. Like he just Wearing, like, like all of a sudden. Chucks or something. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, I heard there's a couple of Argentinians here feeling a little holding yeah. sick. Yeah. Sampdoria is Ricky Alvarez and Matias Silvestri. So uh, there's there's that. But uh, the Pope's blessing only gets a 1-1 draw in this game. And uh, Souza sa- saves his job for at least one more week. And uh, that's it. So why don't we uh, take another break? Uh, we'll do a couple more games to wrap up week 12. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Ireland's Four Courts. Ireland's Four Courts is one of Washington, D.C. metro area's leading soccer pubs. They open up as early as 6 a.m. They have games on DVR by request. They show games from all the major leagues. They have drink specials, food specials. It's an awesome place. It's also home to Curva D.C., A.S. Roma's official supporters club in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Yeah, yeah. Um, Big shout out to David and all the boys and girls at Ireland's Four Courts. Definitely check them out if you're around town for a game. Okay, up next, we got Inter and Crotone. Inter Milan have three goals in this game, and Loli Crotone have zero. Guys, what'd you think? The ongoing drama with Inter Milan comes to... Actually, Crotone ends up in town uh, to play Inter Milan, but the drama is still with Inter this this week. Yeah, I don't think Inter fans could be happier. I don't think Icardi could be happier that the croutons came to town yeah. to get to get walloped. Crotone is like the nipple that you give to the baby when it's going when it's flailing and you need it to calm down. Yes. All right. <laughs> First appearance of the nipple in the Croton. Yeah, does it taste taste like dried bread? (laughs) Uh, Biggest news probably pretty much when we were recording last week. uh, DeBoer gets sacked or is on his way out on on the following Tuesday. Uh, So they're in here with a new coach and... uh, yeah, just a just an interim guy who who's the Primavera coach came in. Yep, temporary um, coach. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, with this game, uh, the, with DeBoer out, um, I guess we should start with just kind of more with that drama, right? So DeBoer's out, and his countryman comes to his aid. David Ent basically says that Inter Milan used to be like a prestigious uh, 
woman, and now she's just a prostitute, which uh, is pretty strong words for uh, for Inter Milan. Yeah, uh, Dutch guys talking about prostitution, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, c- come on. Yeah, there's ten coaches in six and a half years, but you know, Inter still. If if it's you know, it's, if she's a prostitute, it's not like. One by the train station. We're talking about you know high class, you know costing a lot of money. Yeah, we're we're talking about um, uh, you know probably one that's just a a sweetheart that's putting herself through college or himself or that's himself right. that's right through not, medical school. Not that we are endorsing prostitution by any means, but uh, an interesting way to describe Inter Milan uh, and this team. I, I mean. I can't believe this. This is Inter Milan, and they are way too close to the relegation zone. Uh, 14 weeks in week uh, before Week 12 hits. Um, but then, like Tad said, Crotone comes to town hoping for three result, three points uh, out of this one. And who does it? Icardi. Icardi gets Had the brace. To Had to be. Um, because, hey, if DeBoer's out, Icardi's got to play well because he's the next man on the chopping block, in my opinion. I still think he's not going to last after the Christmas break. Not, not, with 10 goals, there's no way they're letting him go. Guys, what about Candreva this game? Oof. I mean, I know it's I know it's Movember uh, or whatever you want to call it. I mean, that man's had that fresh beard uh, unlocked since the beginning of the season. And I don't know what that has anything to do with the amount of crosses that he put in. But I'm going to segue to the 26 crosses that he had against Crotone. Just honestly, this guy... More than any other Serie A player in a Serie A match in eight years. This guy's just... He just drops him on a dime, and he's going to do it for Italy. He does it for Inter. Like, I'm just just calling it now. I think that after the season, Candreva goes somewhere else. Yeah, Candreva, ever since this past Euro showing, um, has just been a new man and has taken his game to another level. Um, But going back with, with Icardi... You know, we're talking about this the, the 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 forefront of the ultras in this. I think it's going to go a long way to heal riffs if he's the top goal scorer in Italy. Fair point, fair point. But I, I just I haven't seen any of the ultras accepting him yet, even with this brace. I guess if if time heals all wounds, we'll see. But I don't know. Christmas is coming. I I could see uh, that them not forgiving him. Do you think Mourinho's gonna? end up back at Inter after after the whole Man U thing? That's Is that interesting. possible? Well, even the fans in Inter are not sold that Pioli is going to be the guy going forward. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about that guy. I know he's Italian. He's a uh, former OTFR guy. Yeah, former... Oh, yes, that's... Now I know who we're talking <laughs> about. Um, but even the Ultras, like the, the gentleman Ultra, one of the, one of the outspoken leaders of the Ultras said that, like, don't, don't worry about whoever we get in at this point. They're not going to stay for long, and I think that might be a tip of the hat that perhaps uh, Simeone yeah. is coming next year or Mourinho's. And let's start that hot take, Marco. That's Mourinho. Right. Yeah, that is the first I've heard of it, but that is uh, an interesting. Uh, well, that's that's because I just, just I know, came up I with know. it. Yeah, he brought them so, so, glory. So you're, voting, so you're voting for Trump tomorrow? But, then, huh? <laughs> hell no. <laughs> but he brought he uh, he brought them the glory, so maybe that's what they'll uh, come back to. Other point I wanted to throw in here for um, just what Marco said before of being a Serie A fan and how games end up happening just at the last minute. Crotone absolutely has got to go into halftime 0-0 and like, oh my God, we've got Inter on the ropes. And this is honestly an opportunity because Inter is not feeling good right now. They just fired their coach. Maybe you do sneak a, a draw away. They just got, they just got uh, punked. And by Southampton in midweek in the in the Europa League, 
And on top of that, Crotone's got a 1-1 draw from Fiorentina in two games ago, and they just beat Chievo. So they're kind of riding high on this game. But then the last 15 minutes happen, and it all falls apart. And that's the story of Serie A for just teams end up winning it at the end. Uh, you know, that, that, that's when the brace happens. That's when all the goals happen. I would like to be as excited about anything in my life as you get talking about Crotone. You are a Crotone fan. I love I, underdogs. I, I applaud you, Chris Ross. Thank you, sir. So that's it. Uh, Inter takes this one. Uh, great goals by Perisic and the brace by Icardi. So the, the drama continues with the new coach, but we'll see if they can turn it around and get further away from the relegation zone. Other teams. We've got Genoa and Udinese up next. This one is a 1-1 draw, and Tad is going to take this one. Yeah, it's a 1-1 draw, so one goal on each side, Abvi. Um, a great goal scored by Genoa player um, on a header, uh, Ocampos. Um, and the, the, basically the great cross from Eden Nilsson as an assist. Just a beautiful Serie A goal. Genoa finds that again. But the, the story on this one is the continuing growth at, or the continuing great form of HDCT, <laughs> Henry David Cyril Thoreau. The thirty-one, the sorry, the thirty, thirty-one. He, he's probably going to love me that I gave him two years younger than he actually is. Thirty-three-year-old Frenchman now has five goals in Syria and all in his last four games. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about him. The guy's kind of bounced around playing for, in Romania, Belgium, and France, um, and he's actually Kievo's all-time foreign leading goal scorer. Um, and in honor of HDTC, HD, HDCT. Print the T-shirts. Um, we put up a nice highlight page on our, a highlight reel on our Facebook. He has an amazing goal um, back when he's playing for Belgium, where he basically dribbles half the pitch and blasts in a screamer. Playing meant, for Belgium? Playing no in Belgium in the Belgian league for a Belgian team that I can't pronounce. Yeah, so I'm not even going to try. I, uh, I got to throw in there. Uh, just we're, we're obviously comparing to Hen- the writer Henry David Thoreau. They kind of look alike too. We should we should throw on social media there that uh, there's some striking resemblances there. It's 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 he's definitely a streaking player. I hope he continues to play well. Him and Duvan um, Udinese. I was frying a HDCT a couple of weeks ago for Chip doing the little chip down the middle yeah. for the PK, but I guess that's kind of sparked his goal scoring. Yeah, he's speed. feeling it. So hey, good on you. All right, guys, we're saved. One of the best for last. We, or on, worst for last. However you want to say hey, it, yeah. If, you, if you're asking Massimo Odo beforehand, it's we've saved the best for last. If you ask him after the game, you saved the worst for last. Yeah. Uh, the fight to get out of relegation here. we got Empoli and Pescara. And Empoli absolutely comes with it for nothing. Two teams, one destiny. Two teams enter, one man leave the Thunderdome of Week 12. (laughs) Big Mac. That's all I got to say about this one. That's uh, number 11 at McDonald's. Uh, Battle for 10 points here, and the wind is blowing like crazy. The gods are are laughing, is what it it feels like. And it feels like Piscata Stadium that holds 16,000 is about to blow off the ground uh, because it's such a windy day. Uh, by the way, speaking of 16,000 uh, fans, 
Massimo the last week put out a uh, an Instagram pic, and it was like him on the on the bench looking kind of suave, and it's like, all right, what is he doing here? And he was trying to er, er, irk, urge, 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 easy word. English is your second language. (laughs) (laughs) And he was trying to urge his supporters to fill the stadium uh, because this was the game of the year, apparently. Well, they got waxed and irked their fans. That's right. <laughs> They're sort of full circle. Yeah. So you know, in front of twelve thousand five hundred of them, <laughs> and they got waxed by an Empoli team rocking bright orange or pink or what was that? I don't know. Yeah. It's it looks like a girl, like a twelve-year-old girl who goes to the mall to buy her first thing of lipstick, or like the that, like that's the, the hair co- bands. That's the color that that they pick. Of course, I have no idea how old girls are when they buy their first lipstick. I know I bought my first lipstick at 12. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it's just a, you know, it's an interesting game because up until then, Empoli hadn't scored in eight games. Uh, you know, the Delfini or, or Pescara uh, only had one win against Sassuolo. Uh, and that was because Sassuolo fielded a legal player. So it's like, you know, not a lot to get excited for, except Ragusa. The games, the game, the game had the, these goals. And, and my man, Big Mac, uh, who is older than the hills at 37. I mean, and this he man looks old, too, man. This man scoring two goals. Uh, beautiful, actually set up the first goal. I mean, this guy, uh, you got to be pumped for this, for the veteran uh, Serie A player and Big Mac, you know, all hell Big Mac this this week. Although, in my opinion, he had he that special even, sauce. He wasn't even the man of the match. Uh, Ricardo Sampanaro, who I joked about um, in Joe Hart's debut as the only time he's ever going to be announced on the podcast is because he was the guy that had the shot where Joe Hart's first save in Italy. Uh. But he was actually on Bleacher Report starting 11 across all uh, all competitions. Um, he had a 9.4 on who scored. He had a goal and assist. So between him and Big Mac, Empoli. Yeah. Taking who would, it to the who house. Who would have thought? So who's, let's, see, let's see where Empoli goes from here. Maybe they'll... Uh, They'll score a couple more goals, but both these teams are struggling this year. Uh, just a good result for Ampoli, and I feel bad for Pescara because they were my team at the beginning of the season. They were my uh, low team. But Ampoli, man, out of the got, relegation we, we, we zone. Got, we got to stop clowning these guys, man. That they, they, uh, they win this game 4-0, and they were the first team in Serie A history going into this game with fewer than three goals scored in 12 match days. <laughs> and they hang four on these people, and they tied Roma the week before. Ooh, I mean, Skorupski's on his head. He had Third, a- in, third in Italy with uh, fourth clean sheets. That's pretty impressive. Milan and Fiorentina both have five. And Skorupski had a, an amazing stop against Nicky's cousin. Ray Ray. Ray Ray. And only three points away from former darling Sassuolo in the table. So... See if Empoli makes a run. Yeah, Empoli, you guys are listening. This, this, the charge is beginning. Look, yeah. look for them to finish in Europe. Hot take. <laughs> Hot take. All right, guys. Week twelve is in the books. Good week for us. Let's go through. Uh, who are your players of the week for week twelve? Mine is Suso. Uh, I thought that the, the guy just killed it uh, uh, for Milan against Palermo. And again, I, th- I just think it's so important that a team like Milan, who is 
uh, in resurgence mode, really comes up with more than just Baca up top. Uh, and then even though Niang's been playing well, you know, Suso's been a really good player throughout the season, and it all culminated in uh, a goal and, and six, like, incredible shots this, this game. Honestly, I was extremely impressed uh, by Suso, and he created, uh, he had a part to play in the, in the last goal as well. I'm uh, going to take the easy one for a bunch of Roma fans here. Mohamed Salah getting a hat, a hat trick. Uh, in Syria, Mohammed Salah. Salah. Yep, really uh, good, simple goals too. Just pure class from from him. Uh, all three were were just really simple and good. Yeah, and he's the only guy that scored three goals this week, so yeah. it's a good one. Um, I I kind of want to veer towards Belotti because he scored two after we you know said that the 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 turkey vulture might get him at some point. Last <laughs> week we got a we got to eat a little gallo there, um, but um, I'm gonna go with Samponara. Um, because it's fun to say Samponara. I think it's just Saponara, though. That's fun to say it. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Saponara because it's fun to say Saponara. But also Empoli. Um, you know, he's the guy that he, I think he's had the best. I think he had the best game any player for Empoli has had this season. This week um, was absolutely dynamic. Empoli wins four zero. Shocker of the week. Can't believe that that Pescara team, they got blown away by that win. So Saponata, there you go. So we'll keep with that trend. Uh, A lot of players of the week were goal scorers. How about your goals of the week? I honestly, uh, even though it kills me inside, Pjanic, I saw some flashbacks of his uh, free kicks at Roma. but the the same thought. Same thought. It was exactly like last season. You know, the thing about that free kick, uh, that I feel like only sock people who've played can appreciate. Uh, yeah, look good, but when you score a free kick from that close, you have to get it over the wall. Uh, it's a very hard technique, yeah. and this guy has got technique for days. So over the just, wall and through the goal to Juve victory we go. Right. Yep. Pjanic. So, so that was that was my goal of the week. Mine is uh, back to Torino. We got Jajic, um absolutely just made a fool of the Udinese keeper. Goalkeeper, not even on a penalty shot, dove the wrong way, which I've honestly, no deflection or anything, shocked that happened. Uh, Jajic uh, putting one away for goal of the week for me. For me, it's Hamsik against Team Voldemort, total beast mode, left foot. All right, and switch over to the other side of the ball, the goalkeepers. Who do you guys have for save of the week? You got to, you got to, Tip your hat off to Skorovsky, another ex-Roma player, uh, just saving a, bla- a just a point-blank shot from our man and Nicki Minaj's cousin Ray 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 Ray. Ray? <laughs> talking right. about Ray Ray. Yeah, I I'm gonna steal one uh, from the Croutons. Cordaz's block on Benega, uh, full extension on a free kick. To me, it's probably the most athletic uh, play a goalie can make. Absolutely. I mean, I. I hurt my back when he when he stretched out for that. And you have the good chair this week. Uh, I have the good chair. <laughs> uh, I'm going with the 600 Serie A game man, Buffon. Uh, he denied Castro six yards out. Just pure class again from Buffon. All right, guys. We have a off week. We've got an international break coming up, and two of our favorite teams have games that matter. First one is Italy. They have a qualifier against Liechtenstein. Huge game. No. Uh, honestly, 
interesting thing about that. Again, you see no Balotelli. Uh, I, I guarantee you Ventura is going to you know, probably start the game with the regular starters, but some of these younger players are going to get their chance. And, uh, and I think they have a friendly against Germany after that, but it's, it's just a chance for, for some of the young players to stand out. Yeah, Politano is going to get his first call up to the national team. Um, you know, we uh, have Belotti. We have a lot of a lot of young cl- players coming out this game. Um, but not on there is Gabbiadini, who apparently is not going to play because of quote muscle fatigue. Is that is that because he's tired? Is that he's yeah. tired? He just he's getting a haircut. Yes, yeah, <laughs> say only three hundred thirty-seven minutes and five appearances this season. Man, you remember he had he had a little break there for his his double yellow red and got suspended. Um, I can't, I can't believe that muscle fatigue can can yeah. be a can be a, a little a, suspect. It's, it's weird about soccer. It was like Raheem Sterling for Liverpool a few years back, like just took a couple weeks off in the middle of the season to go to Jamaica. Yeah. Like what what is up with that recuperation? <laughs> uh, all right, so that does it for Italy, our team over in Europe. But we got the Americans. The United States is playing their rival, Mexico. Uh, this Friday night in Columbus, Ohio, that old standard tradition of Dos Acero, um, seeing if that can continue. This is the opening of the Hex and uh, World Cup qualifier against a great team in Mexico. One of the great rivalries in all of international soccer. It's going to be a great atmosphere at the Horseshoe in Columbus. I'm definitely looking forward to this Friday night. Absolutely. Uh, kind of while we're on the subject of uh, American soccer and Italy, um, I was watching the MLS uh, semifinals uh, this 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 uh, this weekend. It was very fun to watch, very entertaining. Unfortunately, I think Ventura doesn't feel the same. Uh, Jovinko, who I think is one of the MVP candidates uh, in the MLS, scored a hat trick, and I mean his first goal was incredible. This mm-hmm. man scores incredible goals. I would love to see him on the Italian national team. Uh, Ventura has been trashing MLS, which, you know, granted is is still not there, but I think that Joinko deserves to get called up to the national team. Yeah, He's not- still cashing a check, playing professionally. I think Ventura's dissed himself from non-European leagues because he's also removed Graziano Pelle and has had some bad things to say about the Chinese league. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I agree, Giovinco. Knocking out uh, Pirlo's team with NYCFC. That's so. right. All right, so plenty of soccer for uh, the international break. Uh, We'll be off next week, but hoping to have some uh, interview podcasts out there as well, so keep an eye out for those. Keep hitting us up on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're out there. We we, we really do want to hear from you guys, so so please keep that up. Emails Fabio at CurveAmerica.com. Always, always. So until then and after the international break, ragazzi, we say... Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao.